Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. With us today is Coach Mark Barakoff, head men's basketball coach at Randall University in Moore, Oklahoma. Coach, thanks for being willing to come on the podcast. Man, it is an honor and a pleasure to be involved with this podcast. Your basketball card bio would say what? Uh, a man that has been everywhere. Um, I have uh, coached at a lot of different levels, high school, uh, college. I did the uh, the wonderful professional coaching for a little while, but uh, I think it would be a headliner would say three-time national champion at Randall University, two-time national coach of the year. Trying to think what else would be great on a bio. People, when you turn over a basketball card, it's got to like be a wow factor. I, I think uh, I, I think my card would would have a lot of just background information on where I've been. That that's got to be it. Now I used to collect sports cards, and I remember on this one set that they had this section that was called like fun facts or something like that. And I have some insider information that has you leaving out some of those fun facts. One of them being you have some maybe acting or movie experience in your background. Well, yes. Okay. So yeah, I was on, uh, I worked on and was in the movie Coach Carter. And I think the one that gets people even more excited is if you're a little bit older, I coached for a couple seasons uh, with slam ball, basketball on trampolines. That's what we wanted to hear. That's where there we go. That's what's going to really set you apart here in this podcast and for our viewers <laughs> and for our listeners. Okay. Depending on where maybe like somebody's listening to this, when they're listening to this, this topic may be a little bit more applicable. However, there's a pretty good chance that no matter what point of the year you're going to be listening to this. What we're going to talk about today is really important. And, and for coach, you know, he's got that championship level experience and has experience in, in talking about what we are focusing on today. And that's the topic of game prep. So we're recording this right now. We're talking about the off season. It's the middle of the off season with that kind of in mind. And in regards to game prep, I know some people will go back and watch teams they've played from the past year and maybe that they know they'll play in the upcoming year. Do you do anything like that? You know, um, I, I don't. What what I do is it's no secret what we do at Randall, and uh, we're not going to change what we're doing. We we actually recruit kids that fit what we do. No, I, I I like to go back, and if anything, I like to find teams that play like us or that we play like them, and watch that footage. I don't really go back and watch much of our own unless unless one of my assistants says, "Hey, take a look at this," or "We've got to do this better." I'm always just trying to find new things, new wrinkles to throw in there with what we're doing and maybe just fine tune some stuff. Uh, That's kind of what I do right now, but I'm not really digging into deep film session right now. Are you adding things, taking away things in the off season? Yeah. I mean, we always have great ideas going into games or practice and seasons of this play is going to work and that play is going to work. I'm a little old school. I keep this little note card in my hand during games and I'm always looking at it and always thinking like, well, 
that play really worked and that play did not work. So I'm always constantly kind of crossing off plays and, and I keep a notebook of things that I wanted to add in. So I go back and look at that notebook and say, I, I think we should have ran this play and taken this play out, or we ran this play way too much and we didn't go to that play enough. So that, that's kind of what I'm doing more in the off season right now is just kind of remembering things that worked and remembering things that definitely did not work. I think a very interesting time for us, especially right now. Uh, there's so much information available, and maybe some people are consuming clinic after clinic after clinic and gathering all this information. But the idea of the note card, I think, is great. Just you know, keeping your thoughts to a minimum and focusing on what you guys did best. Yeah. As preseason starts, so let's kind of move from the off season into preseason a little bit. I'm assuming that you're spending most of your time as a team focusing on yourself rather than on an opponent. Maybe that's coming up. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, preseason, we just do what we do. We don't worry about anything else. And we are just constantly doing individual work on stuff that fits into our offense or what we're doing defensively. I, I don't even start thinking about an opponent, not, not at all during the preseason, but it, it's all about us and what works for us. And we put our kids in individual workouts that are going to be used for game situations or what we're running offensively or defensively. Do you feel like you have something established there that the players that you have in place are able to pass down to the next group and, and prepare them that maybe would be difficult if you were just establishing your program? I, I've had guys on my staff every year that have played for us. So they're able to jump right into the coaching role and say, hey, this is what we're doing. And they pass it on down. And yeah, our, our program, um, kids know in our program, we're going to spread you out and we're going to look for guys that can drive and pass and hit the open man. And it, it's kind of been, uh, it's kind of worked its way. It's kind of uh, steamrolled into this, its own little thing now. And, and even kids that were recruiting, you know, like, oh yeah, you guys are the ones that spread you out and like to shoot threes. And so it's, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Right now, Huddle is offering real COVID-19 relief for entire athletic departments with the Return to Play program. The program includes subscriptions for every program, as well as a free upgrade to have Huddle Assist and Huddle Focus, the smart camera that automatically records and uploads your games, and the ability for parents and fans to watch your live streams for free, all at your current subscription price. For basketball coaches, that means you get the smart camera for your gym, which automatically records your home games, with the flexibility to record any practices or drills you want with the push of a button. You also get Huddle Assist. That means full game breakdowns, including full team and player stats in less than 24 hours, so your stats are ready when you need them. Leverage interactive reports and advanced stats like shot charts or lineup data to coach smarter. Want to see how Huddle can help you dominate this season? Visit Huddle.com. That's Huddle.com to learn more. Do you feel like guys are ready to play? I know it varies. You know, you talk about your young team this year and having the experienced team a few years ago, but is there a point in the year where you're like, we should have what we're doing in place by, or do you just kind of like have to feel that out? Yeah, it's more of a feeling out process. The last few years, it's, you know, we're going in a pickup and our guys are running what we're, I mean, I could sit upstairs and not do anything and we had enough uh, kids that have played enough games, they were already running our stuff. This year, it, it wasn't really like that. So it took us, it took us a while to kind of get the flow of what we were doing. And then, you know, we lost 
we lost one of our best players. So we kind of changed a little, fine-tuned, tweaked a few of the things we were doing. But I guess I expected to come quicker than it did. Uh, it's really come pretty quick the last few years. This year, it just kind of took a little bit more time. And I think for us, it kind of started clicking towards the end of the season, where in the past, it's kind of been middle to to the beginning. Do you hand out anything to help accelerate the process? I get kids asked that a lot. No, we do not. But we do a lot of is we have them watch film of past years and show them this is what it needs to look like. That's kind of what we do. We, we utilize film a little bit more than handing out paper. And then when it comes to actually preparing for the game. So let's say that we're mid-season, uh, you've practiced for a while, you know, scouting wise, what does that look like and how much are you focusing on that in your practices? So I'll, I'll be very honest. We, the last, oh man, last seven years, eight years, I've had assistant coaches that have done a phenomenal job of preparing scouts and watching a ton of film. For us, um, we don't, preseason games, um, we probably prepare for the other team the day before two days before, and we don't go super in-depth on on our non-conference schedule. Um, for me, I want to know the, the main plays that they're running, how many times they're running them, and who their main scorers are. So a big thing for us is we review their main sets, their main offense, and we really signify these are the guys that are looking to score. That's what we do in the, in the non-conference preseason schedule. And then as far as handing out scouting reports, do you do anything like that? We do we do that for every single opponent, and it's a one-page paper. Because here's what I've come to realize. At the Division One level, we would hand out booklets. And it just seemed to be, for me, it was overload. Because when the ball is tipped, kids aren't remembering all of that stuff. No matter, no matter how much we want them to believe, or we want ourselves to believe that they're remembering all this information – they're not. So well, what we have started doing is we give out a one-page paper and we hit on a few quick things about each kid. We talk about the keys. We talk about how what, what it'll take for us to win. And then we move on because kids are not going to retain all that information when the ball is tipped. They're just not going to do it. So we want to make it very simple for our guys. Do you feel like over the course of a year that as the season progresses, you're defending place? Or are you kind of defending just actions and things that you've worked on all year? I think is especially with with region opponents, we get pretty in depth with our region opponents. Their main offense they're running. Um, what are the quick hitters that they like to go to quite a bit? We really go over end outs, baseline out of bounds plays because I mean you don't want to give up baskets uh, on end outs. So yeah, we do go over a lot of actions. I mean, today's, today's game is either you're spreading somebody out or you're, you're running your big out there to set an on ball screen. So we, we are always working on those actions, but with our region opponents, I mean, we, we really do a good job of getting play calls, knowing what their actions are. And we go over it pretty in depth. The reason I asked that I, I've just found, I've actually gotten further and further away from being very specific in practices. Like you said, we'll practice their baseline out of bounds plays because you don't want to give up six or eight easy points off of something like that, but, and maybe one or two set plays that they run. But I'm finding that if I'm doing my job to defend actions, 
you know, like you said, I'm going to defend a ball screen. We're going to practice that every week. I'm going to defend cross screens and back screens and down screens and dribble handoffs. And that actually is going to prepare me, my team better for later in the season when maybe we have a quick turnaround or something like that, because I can just say to them, you know, we've defended it like this all year. We're going to keep defending it that way rather than, I think, because you said you try to help them remember this horns play and this out of bounds play and this, and like they end up remembering nothing. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, my last two, uh, Garrett White, who's my assistant coach currently and Matthew Mossman, we, I really made them believe in the fact of get the name call, get the action of that name call. When the coach calls it, we wanted to know it, but you're right. I mean, in practice, we're defending the actions. Do we go over the play? Yes, but when you're going over the play, you should already be able to defend the actions like the the on-ball screen, the spread out, or the dribble handoff. So the more you work on it, the easier the actions become when you're going over plays. So that that's kind of what we do. But you're right. If you're really good at defending the actions, the play itself shouldn't become an issue for you. I'm curious to hear your opinion on this because I hear some coaches who like they're they don't think twice about this. They'll do whatever they need. They feel like they need to do. There's coaches like me who I'm too scared to do this. But how apt are you to throw in something either before a game or maybe even like during a shoot around the morning of that you've never practiced before? In terms of like a set offensive play, is that kind of what you're going with? I'm thinking more so of like a defense or a junk defense, something like that. No, I I mean, now I, I should say we, we have done that in the past with older veteran guys, new younger guys. No, we have not done that. That's kind of, that's almost uh, information overload to some of the guys. Um, yes. I, I, I should not sit here and say we have done that before. And it has worked, but I am not, I, I am a little leery of throwing something out there at them that uh, we've never done. And then as a coach, we all will do it. We get upset with the guy. If, if they're not in the right spot on a defense, you just threw out at them. And uh, it's not really fair to them. But uh, I mean, I, I, I will say I have, we, we have done that before at Randall and, and it has worked for us, but boy, you're rolling the dice on that stuff. Yeah, this is kind of in line with that. I want to ask more coaches this question because I, I want to get better at this. You've done this for a long time now. This is a game prep question that we probably think of game prep as in preparing to go into a game. I'm talking now, though, the middle of a game. So you've played a first half and your team's either played awesome or you've played terrible and you've got to make adjustments uh, or you know that the team that you're playing against, like the, the coach in the other locker room is going to make adjustments. What are you doing as a staff when you get to the locker room and saying, what are you guys saying? Like, this is what we need to say, or this is the kinds of things we need to address. What are you saying in the locker room and how much are you changing to go out that second half and play differently? And again, I know each game is going to be different, but you know, if you have an example of this, maybe just an idea of what kinds of things outside of going in and banging the lockers a lot. <laughs> now, I tell you, I'm, I'm old school. So we, we are immediately looking at uh, rebound difference, assist to turnovers. Uh, are we getting to the free throw line? If we're going to change anything, it might be, boy, player, player A is sure showing a lot different than what he showed on film. So let's defend this guy a little bit differently now other than what we originally thought coming in or 
we don't need to get up and really deny or, or, or pressure this guy. We could back off a little bit. Um, it, it's a lot for us. It's, it's about rotations. Are, are we where we're supposed to be in our help? Are, are we seeing man and ball? We're not going to go in there and make dramatic, drastic uh, changes. We always just look at the certain things like rebounding, turnover margin, assists, free throws. Are, are we shooting the ball well? Uh, but I'm not going to go in there and just make a complete game-changing move um, unless we're at like a drier, uh, a dire, you know, deal right there where nothing is working. But um, I'm old school. We we look at the same stuff every single time when we sit outside that locker room and we go in and talk. You brought up stats, and so game prep for an opponent. What stats are you looking at from their end, and then how much are you addressing again to your team, and then how much are you communicating that to them? the day of a game or even at a halftime, you know, this is what we need to look at. This is what we're giving up, that kind of thing. What things matter to you? So when I look at stats, I'm more of a believer in stats sometimes than the film. Um, Mm -hmm. I look at who takes the most shots, who's the really good three-point shooter, who's the guy that leads in rebounds, or, or more importantly, who's the guy that gets a lot of offensive rebounds. So for me, I like knowing that going into a game. Because the stats are always going to play out eventually. The, the, the stats, the statistics don't lie. Yes, you're going to have a kid that is going to have a really good game one day that the stats don't show that. But I, I am a real, maybe I'm old school. I'm a real believer in the statistics. So especially at halftime, we'll look at that and say, boy, so-and-so is really shooting the ball well. That's just what we thought. Okay. Or this player is not shooting the ball well coming into this game, but man, is he really shooting it well tonight? So we, we will talk to our guys about shooting percentages. That That's a big thing for me. If a kid's a really good three-point shooter and he's been consistent all year on that, he's probably going to be really consistent in the game that we're playing tonight. So that I hit on that stuff a little bit more than maybe my assistants do. Uh, I'm a believer in the stats. You have some experience with this playing in winning tournaments. Let's say it's a regional or a national tournament. What are you doing with the quick turnarounds and, and how are you – helping your players prepare for those games? We've been real successful in what we've done. We've we've now been in uh, eight straight region championship games for our region, which I think is, you know, the Southwest region, if you're not familiar with our level, I think is one of the better regions out there. I mean, everybody's going to argue their region, but we have stayed with a formula that has worked. And for region tournaments now, going into the region tournament, we've obviously played everybody. So we've got a scout or we're ready for that. We really only prepare for the first game of each tournament. We don't worry about whoever the next opponent is. Uh, our philosophy, there will not be another opponent if we can't get past this first opponent. So what we do is we assign a coach uh, to work on whatever team we're playing in whatever round it is, and the other assistant is already working on the next opponent, but we are not talking about the next opponent at all. We don't do any preparation at all for that. Uh, the region tournament's a lot easier because obviously you've already seen teams, or if you're in a conference, you've already seen those teams. Now at the national tournament, we only prepare for the elite eight for, uh, opponent. We don't we don't start uh, ever talking to our guys about the next opponent. Now we have a coach preparing for it, uh, but not ever. We never discuss or do anything uh, at all for the next opponent. If you could summarize, maybe the three, four, five main things that you've come to the conclusion of experience wise what are the three four or five things that coaches need to keep in mind when it comes to preparing for an opponent 
first off, basketball is a very, very simple game. Um, I think as coaches, we tend to overthink it. I always try to remind myself, I mean, you might be coaching 14 to 18 year olds and don't overwhelm them with information. Again, my, I have learned 20 something, 25 years of this, when the ball is tipped, kids are not going to remember a whole lot of things. And you could sit there all week and just overload them and overload them and the ball's tipped and they're just going to go out and hoop. So one, know, know who know who the main scorers are. Know what they like to do a majority of the time. Uh, a lot of coaches, they're going to go to their try and true plays. Know what those plays are and know the names. I'm, I'm a big believer in knowing what the name calls are. Sometimes coaches want to get a little tricky and change their names and their actions and stuff, but we, we kind of see right through that. But know what the main plays are. Know what the frequency that they run those plays. And uh, and, and for me, and, and you could take it however you want, I like knowing the statistics, knowing what they shoot, um, knowing who the offensive rebounders are. So those are the big things that me personally that I look at. Last question here during the off season: Is there anything in particular you're trying to get better at or improve on before the season starts next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, what we, the way we do things at Randall, is we do the same stuff every single day because those are the things we do in, in games. And I'm old enough now, and when you've done it for 20 plus years, you run a lot of the same drills. So I'm constantly trying to find something different to run with our guys or something that f fits what we're doing, but in a different way. So, um, you know, I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of clinic stuff. I like reading a lot of the clinic notes um, and then doing my research off of that. But I'm always looking for some type of new shooting drill or something we can do that fits into our offense. And then uh, lastly, I'm, I'm, I try to read books on, on coaches that I like watching on TV. And then I like kind of going and researching the stuff that they're running. Like right now I'm reading uh, Jay Wright's book called Attitude. I mean, I, I believe in a lot of what Jay Wright does and the stuff they run. So I'm, I'm probably, if there's anything, I'm going to study a lot more Villanova stuff this summer. Yeah, great stuff. Well, that's Coach Mark Barakoff of Randall University. Coach, I appreciate you making some time for us today. Thanks, Tony, man. You guys, you do a great job with this podcast. I listen to it all the time, and it's an, it's an honor to be on it, and it's an honor to have uh, to be getting to know you and watch you coach, and, uh, man, your future's bright. I appreciate that, Coach. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out. Thank you.